Let's do this. Let's. Do you think, is our song Mosh, Moshable Jared? Wondering Moshable. If, yeah, I'm trying to think if people could be like moshing. Yeah. Maybe I need to yeah. write an, a more mosh pit version. We should, we should play it sometime. Is that what you feel like we need? That's exactly what Why the people, mosh that's pit? what the people want, Jared. How'd you come up with that uh, stance? I don't know. It just... The vibe kind of is this happy vibe, and maybe we need a more intense vibe. So really, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode two seventy five today, and we are talking about taboo topics. So make sure you have your uh, your earmuffs ready for your young children who are uh, in the car riding along with you while you're listening. Make sure uh, you got your pen and paper ready to uh, jot down all the taboo topics so you know what to avoid or how to ruffle some feathers or rustle some jimmies if that's what you're into as well. Um, So stay tuned today. We'll be talking about some different uh, taboo topics in discussion and why that might be. So without further ado, my partner in crime and my good buddy, what's going on, Jared? Hello. Not much is going on. It's a lovely day here in Michigan. I, I'm enjoying it. Sunny out. There's some fresh snow. That's what how it should be in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us at uh, Untranslatable Podcast on Instagram. Spread a little love. On Twitter is Untranslatable One, the number one. Although let's be honest, if you put an Untranslatable Podcast, we're probably the only ones that would come up. Um, you could also uh, please uh-huh. give us five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. That would be great. Uh, or you could even, you know, send us some uh, untranslatables or something. Speaking of which, I learned a great $5 word the other day, and I had to write it down and just because I need okay. to somehow find a way to um, incorporate this into my lifestyle. I do have a word of the day cat, like widget thing on my phone because I like to see the words. Actually, today's word is ragamuffin. <laughs> a ragamuffin, that is not like someone who is... Uh, I've heard I've heard the term. Used I've never before. heard this before. I've heard the term like I've heard it used by like older white ladies before. A ragged, uh, oft, a ragged, often disreputable person. Oh, there you go. So like uh, a anyway, that's not the word. I that's not the word. Scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, rascal. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. A hooligan is. I like that word, hooligan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one. not the word I learned. Um, what's the yeah? The what's your five dollar word? Solipsistic. Do you know what that word oh, yeah. means? Yeah. If you're solipsistic, okay. it means you're like. Uh, kind of means it's it's hard to it's doesn't mean you only care about yourself but it's like you you're only am i am i going I down argue, the right path or no i would argue you are going down the right path but i would say it does mean extreme i mean it means extremely egotistic or egocentric oh, mm-hmm. yep um i i've been I, I heard it in a movie and, it, and it just when it came out he's like you're so solipsistically i was like that i was like wow that was that's a a, good word that was a big word right there but um that was malcolm and maria good movie i saw another movie this weekend or yesterday for uh, actually the untouchables les untouchables oh how oh yeah finally huh dude that movie was great it's awesome isn't that movie was awesome i loved it it was funny it had heart Mm -hmm. it um it, it was great i liked it yeah, it's um, a solid movie, The Untouchables. It's it's yeah. uh, so so the French one also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not they, the they Kevin did, Hart one. Right. They remade it with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. But the, the concept of the movie is there's a a very wealthy uh gentleman who is he's paraplegic, right? 
I think uh, it's and, more than that. Quadriplegic because he doesn't have oh, yep, movement yep. from his neck down. Right. And so he he uh, needs help and he ends up hiring this, uh, I'm pretty sure he was an African immigrant to look he, after yeah, him. He said he, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was from Senegal. Uh-huh. Yep. Thank you. And so... And uh, and they develop kind of this great friendship and bond over mm-hmm. time, but you know there's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I will say the fact that the I also I've seen the French one and I've seen the one with uh, Kevin Hart and uh, Brian Cranston, and the the obviously the one with Brian uh, Cranston and, and Kevin Hart that one is they've they've taken that movie and just kind of Hollywoodified it, if that's a term. You know what so I mean? So how, how, how can you explain the... Because I I don't really have any interest in watching it. Can you explain mm-hmm. to me the Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart version? I mean, so it's kind of similar. You know, so Brian Cranston's this big, big wig, kind of similar guy, but he's in New York City. Um, Kevin Hart, you know, gr- you know, had this rough upbringing. Um, wasn't, wasn't a Senegalese immigrant or anything. Um, right. You know, but but yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just different. Like the whole interplay is different. It's not as playful and lighthearted. I don't think like the Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston version of the Untouchables. Do um, they do? You know what they what they did so well in 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 the French Untouchables is they sort of they always had like these sort of like for, like oh you made me laugh like I didn't want to but you made me laugh vibe going on mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, fine, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Did they manage to do that in uh, the Brian Cranston, Kevin I mean, Hart there were, one? There were a couple moments like that. I mean, obviously yeah. Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart are, you know, fantastic uh, actors, super talented. I, I, I think the problem, I, I, I think my problem with why I, my, what I imagine about it is I don't take, I don't take Kevin Hart that seriously, you know? Right. Right. Like it, like so. I, I'd be interested to see how he plays a character that with like heart rather than just comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I just that. I just. I just. I, I don't know. But uh, and I'm not. A, I'm not a deep enough. Uh, you know, into film studies or anything to give you an in depth analysis on that. But I, I will say, if you had to, if you had to pick one or the other, with me seeing both, my my go to would definitely be the original French version of the Untouchables. Yeah, I can imagine. Once um, again, though, I'll say this. The uh, the subtitles suck. I mean, it's it's they're fine in the sense that you get what's going on, but they really cut corners and just give you essentially the point of what they're saying rather than what they're saying. Right, right. That's how <laughs> they I'm get like, you. Come on, just just you, like why are you dumbing it down for us? Just translate the words. Right, but hey, you know you should know best, Jared, being uh, the co-host of the Untranslatable podcast. That sometimes it's just not that easy. I understand that sometimes with with like an untranslatable or something, they'll give you like a, a like an American equivalent or something like that. But um, to just like it's all it, it really does almost feel like they're dumbing it down from like like maybe some sort of local French food or something, mm-hmm. you know, rather just saying a more g- generic food that everyone knows where right. it's like. It's like don't dumb it down to the point where it's just like they're talking about steak, you know. <laughs> essentially, is what they're <laughs> right. It's like you know they're essentially talking about uh you know I, I I it's like just say the word even if it's some French food we don't know or something like what I said with some other French movie I saw recently where they said little car instead of de chevaux right. which is the actual right exactly. a two CV which is the car. It's like just say the car. Still not as good as the uh, the M what was it M R M R T M L D. Uh, oh yeah, the Mr. MR2, T. <laughs> whatever it was. Oh yeah, the, M- the, the, the MR2. 
Yeah. MR2. <laughs> That's just great. Uh, so that always kind of bothers me a little bit, but I still love the movie. It was good. It was good. That's cool, though. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So let's also uh, just quickly talk about uh, a quick little shout out to the, uh, oh, what's the guy's Instagram again? The Session, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think we both tuned into it last night, and I actually uh, was able to stay awake the whole time this time, Jared. I didn't yeah. fall asleep and you almost out early. totally missed it. You're like, all right, I'll see, I'll watch it at eleven. I was like, it's at ten. <laughs> yep, yep. That's why. That's why I need Jared in my life for many reasons, people. Um, but yeah. But anyway, so what this guy does is he does Instagram uh, live streams with where he breaks down music, and he like will break down the different instrumentation you know the different parts of it he'll break down the vocals um he'll talk about it and and his banter is also kind of funny like it's kind of interesting you know the Mm -hmm. way he talks about it a lot and his reactions um and and uh well when this drops it'll be after a week after he's done it more or less kind of but but he does it uh, every day almost does he really yeah okay i only watch him on saturday nights but yeah he does them all the time Okay, but this was, yeah, this was like his 420th, and it was also mm-hmm. Bob Marley's uh, birthday, so he covered all sorts of really, uh, uh, he covered what? That's actually, mm-hmm. oh yeah, go sorry, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Well, so he covered Get Up, Stand Up, and he covered um, covered a couple of them, didn't he? Yeah, because he did it actually a little differently this time. Usually, he, usually on just a normal day, he breaks down like two songs, so he'll, he'll just do a full, like, you know, the, what he did with Get Up, Stand Up? Where it was a full breakdown, it's like a of, deep of, dive. He he usually does that on like a song or two every day. Uh, this this is the first time where he did a full breakdown on Get Up Stand Up, but then he sort of like played a, a whole bunch of other Bob Marley songs, and 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 without going into a deep on each part of them, he just played like you know played different parts of them by themselves and then mixed yeah. them back in. Back in, mm-hmm. but he didn't talk about them like he usually does in depth. But it was still cool. It was like a little DJ. It was like a DJ session after he did Get Up Stand Up, which I've I've actually never witnessed him do like that. But it was cool. You know, yeah. I always like to tune in because even if I don't, uh, I was excited for Bob Marley because, you know, I generally know most of those famous songs, you know, like most people do. Right. Uh, so it was cool. To, it's always cool to hear a song, you know, but sometimes, you know, you, you get some of the songs that you've never heard of. And it's just like and and those are the most fun ones to to really, you know, enjoy because it's like I don't even, you know, it's just like a song I never considered. But there's so mm-hmm. much to it that I like now. That's so. what's so fun about it, too, is just the way the guy breaks them down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just super awesome. So, so yeah. yeah, that was that was super cool. Check him out on Instagram. Let me actually find his correct the tag session here. live. Thank you, Jared. The session live. Check him out. Early shout out to him because yeah, he's producing some great content. Check that out, especially if you like music. And uh, and I will say that that inspired our song of the pod, which we'll talk about later. So stay tuned for that, people. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a shout out too, by the way. Great. I don't know go if you have a, I don't, do you have another shout out. I do, but go ahead. Get us okay. started, Jared. All right. A little, I'm love. Spread a little love after you did. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen. I want to show you something. You're you're a you're a uh, you're a shoe person. I mean, not like a sneaker head by any means, but you you enjoy a good pair of sneakers. You yeah, know, I appreciate a solid shoe. Uh, let me know what you think of uh of the of these right here. Oh, I'm excited. Let's. Oh, I've seen these. They're 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 interesting. I, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the aesthetic. But it's it's interesting the concept because I've seen videos of people like basically slipping them on and off, uh, yeah, which is kind a, of funny. Because they're called, oh oh go ahead go ahead. I'll well, it's it's just kind of funny because I don't know about you, Jared, but I've been slipping my shoes on and off for years now. 
I mean, most of my shoes, I don't lace them yeah, tight but, enough, you know. Yeah, but... E- Oh well, no. I I I just I was I thought you meant like Vans or something, because um, well, even those, those too. But even those you have to bend over to like you right. can't really put a van, pair of Vans on without bending over and reaching down to uh to like loot like lock it in. Right. This shoe you can literally uh you just put your foot in and the way it's set up you can just push your foot down and it'll lock in and then you can somehow lift your foot up. And uh, oh, like you like hold the back and lift your foot yeah, up I and think, it pops yeah, I, out. Exactly. Do you know they're called the uh, the uh, the Go Fly Ease? They look very futuristic. I'll say this: they look yeah. like um, yep. they look like shoes from like 2070 or something. <laughs> when I everyone's will say wearing this. silver jumpsuits, they're also going to be wearing these. shoes. I will say <laughs> this though: I think the color scheme on this on this Nike shoe actually makes it look a little bit older. Like I feel like if they used a more futuristic type of color scheme, it would it would look even more futuristic. I bet you they'll have more colors. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, but anyway, um, the reason I'm do you know why these shoes were or, or like what uh, started the process of making these shoes? That's what the shout out is about. So yeah, they're called the Nike Go Flyies. That's an interesting name. So um, this they the design came from. Um, uh is it's i think it's it, ha, it the shoe has people with disabilities in mind so in 2012 here i'll just read it to you in 2012 matthew waltzer a teen with cerebral palsy wrote to nike asking for ath, uh, athletic shoes for disabled people nike invited him to collaborate in the design of the original adaptive uh nike fly e shoe so um it's it's specifically made with um people with disabilities in mind so that's why there's a specific design of not bending over and tr- being able to put on a shoe more uh more more easily without makes the, sense the motions that's and really so cool i think that is cool yeah i think that's cool for for matthew he actually did this so in 26 uh 2012 matthew waltzer was uh was 16 um, and that's that's when the the it, it all started. So I think it's cool that someone you know some young kid had, had was able to as uh, you know kind of have a shoe influenced by him. Not kind of just have a shoe influenced by him. I, you know I I actually I might be into these if they were a different color. Mm. And I'm sure they'd come in a different color. Like, I, I, I think, you know, I'm a square. I'm a boring person. I think I would probably prefer a more, a more, less colors. Give uh, me those all black or black and silver. Black and white. Or happy. like a black and white or black and silver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want all black, but I could do like a black, black and white, black and silver kind of situation. Okay. Uh, yeah. I could do that. Give me, give me that but same black color black. as the all black Air Forces. Just give me that color black. We're good to go. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Yeah, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm I'm picturing like a samba in my head as the color mm. choice, but that's because that's the only shoe. That's like the shoe I wear eighty five percent of the time. <laughs> right. I've been so, yeah. I've been rocking the slip ons for a while lately, just being lazy. Uh, I have a I have another shout out uh, for today, Jared, and this shout out is actually uh, it's it's cool for two reasons. Number one. Uh, it is Black History Month. Uh, I'm surprised we actually haven't talked about this earlier on the pod, but it is Black History Month. Uh, and so um, so this is, here's the headline. Um, meet the black woman who created VOIP, the technology behind VoIP. Skype, Zoom, and more, or VoIP, sure. Uh, most people have no idea 
that do you do you know this woman, Jared, by chance? No, I've heard of VoIP, but okay. I, I I don't know who invented it. So I most I people really, I don't know much about it. Have no idea that Marion Croak, an African American woman, is credited with initiating and furthering the development of VoIP, also known as Voice Over Internet Protocol. Her groundbreaking technology allows people to to efficiently communicate through audio and or video while using the internet. So, so we're using VoIP right now. Yeah, that's right. So if it wasn't for uh, <laughs> Marion, we would uh, we would not be here right now, Jared. I don't oh, even wow. know what we would be doing for a podcast because we've been doing remote since we kind of basically since we started. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this so here's, podcast started a remote way before a pandemic. <laughs> right. We were remote before it was cool. That should be a t-shirt right there, Jared. Um, all right, but here's, here's the backstory here, because I do want to give uh, this this remarkable woman some credit here. So um, Marion, who holds a PhD in quantitate, uh, quantitative analysis uh, from the University of Southern California, has more than 125 patents in VoIP technology. She has worked at AT&T for more than 30 years in uh, data services and is currently a senior vice president at the company. She manages over 2,000 world-class engineers and computer scientists responsible for over 500 programs impacting AT&T's enterprise and consumer wireline and mobility services. And she this, this is the inventor of VoIP? I don't, I don't know if she's the inventor of it, but I think she's... The one who has uh, right here, the sentence says, is credited with an, well with initiating and furthering the development of it. Okay, okay. So I couldn't, I can't definitively say she invented well, it, but uh, she's that's taken the reason it further. I, asked, I just, mm-hmm. I just typed in VoIP inventor, and uh, it's, it didn't say her, but it didn't say she invented it. I was just curious. She just was probably involved very early on with developing exactly. it. It seems like. And right here, Jared, this sentence I think will sum it up. Uh, Marion's uh, contribution to VoIP has literally taken the internet to a new level, but sadly, most people have no idea who she is. So yeah. let's let's give her a shout out, some serious recognition. Spread a little to love, you, um, Dr. Marion Croak. That's awesome. Uh, all the work you've done, and we really appreciate it. We literally that wouldn't is. be here without you. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I mean that that's yeah that is cool. That, that's mm-hmm. really cool. I, I love hearing stuff like that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Do you want to? Awesome. Um, do you want to get into some untranslatables? Oh, of course I do. Of course I do. And untranslatables are idioms, proverbs, sayings, axioms that don't always translate on a one-to-one basis into English. And we are your tried-and-true certified untranslatable professionals to decipher them for your listening and learning pleasure. You want to get us started today, Jared? Sure. My first one is uh, Greek. Sao erikse kai. I believe kai. Is that is that how they would say X? I Kai? think. I think because when, right? when when I looked at the the you know the the Greek alphabet is different than ours. So when mm-hmm. I translated it and 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 they wrote it out phonetically in the translator, it wrote X as just C H. But I'm like, is it not? Is it what is it? Ch? <laughs> no, it like, should be Kai. I think. Right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's why I was mm-hmm. confused. Uh, anyway, m- maybe that's how. I, maybe that's I don't know. Anyway, it means to throw you an X. Throw you an X. Is it like to? I'm assuming this is negative, right? To throw you an X is that yeah, to probably. like? Yeah. Is that to? Is it to tell somebody off? No, you're you're in the a general ballpark to insult someone. No, not 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 necessarily insult no. someone. To, it's not necessarily an insult to talk. 
Not necessarily. An but insult. it can be. It can be. So an in, unintentional insult. No, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. Uh, it means, no, no. To throw you an X. So let's say, um, let's say, here, I'll give you an easy. Um, you know, uh, the Super Bowl is happening tomorrow, or in, in the case of people listening to this, it happened four days ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and and you you text me you're like hey Jared do you want to come to my house and I'm, I'm I'm throwing a Super Bowl party don't worry it's super safe I'm only having like ten fifteen people over uh, and they <laughs> and I'm like yeah I'm gonna have to throw you an X on that one so just like to politely decline uh, to, yeah to turn someone down it doesn't have to okay. be politely but okay. um, turn somebody down all right yeah I like that I like that yeah throw an X okay to throw you an X okay. <laughs> That's gonna be a. That's well, gonna be well, an Jared, X for well, me. Well, Jared, after you threw me an X, uh, you could say that I. Uh, well, the the untranslatable is zu tief. It's German. Zu tief ins Glas schauen. Too shallow. Uh, too shallow in. Too deep. Oh, too tief. Too glass schauen. Too deep in glass to show. To look too to deep, look deep in deep. the glass. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, to look too deep in the glass. Oh, it's like you're overthinking something, mm. or you're blowing something out of proportion. What do you usually have in your glass? Uh, whiskey. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. Oh, is it to be drunk? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yep. That's actually kind of mm-hmm. similar. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be that weird for someone in America to say like they're deep into their cups. Right. Yeah. It's got kind of a similar thing. Right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or uh, I think there was, uh, I don't remember the phrase, but I thought there's some other phrase about drinking and seeing the, the bottom of the glass or the bottle, bottom of the bottle or something. Anyways, uh, mm. what else do you have for me, Jared? Um, I'll give you, um, I'll give you another Greek one. Treche kai den ftene. Running without arriving. Running without arriving. Oh man, where do I even begin with this one? I have constantly, so many ideas. Constantly running without arriving. Is it so? It's. I wonder. Are these like uh, unkept promises? No, no. I see what you're saying, though. Okay, but it's more. It's more like. Is it more literal than that. No, no. It's uh, no. It's you're no. You're in the right level of metaphorical right now (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't want to get too more too much more metaphorical or too much less metaphorical here yeah exactly uh running without arriving so so someone's um is it to procrastinate i would say it's the maybe the opposite actually oh to work too much yes someone that's always busy so oh, okay. So that kind of thing where it's like you're constantly running, but oh, you're but never, you never arrive. You're never yeah. getting anywhere. Never okay. ends. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, get us, uh, give us a, a Chinese untranslatable. We'll see if I pronounce this one right. It's been a little while since I've tried to uh, speak any Mandarin lately. Um, not that I can speak it to begin with. Anyways. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, San Jiao Mao. San Jiao Mao. Are you listening is, to it? Is that I'm not to, actually. Oh, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> uh, and this means three-legged cat. 
as untrustworthy. So that's untrustworthy. That means mm, no, no. Bad um, luck's coming your way. N- also, no. I could see where you would think that. I guess, mm. but not quite. Uh, let me see here. Well, hmm. well, think about this. Think about this, Jared. The or, or here, maybe this will help. So, so the three-legged cat first appeared in a literary work in the Ming Dynasty. In this work, the three-legged cat is good at catching mice, but not very good at walking. Maybe that clue will help you out a little bit. Good at catching mice, but not very good at walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like a like a one-trick pony kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Or I th- like a single, like a single only single talent. Right, kind of, kind of. Why, Here- why would a why would a three legged cat be good at hunting but not walking? Oh, because it can run but can't walk. Maybe or something. Yeah, maybe could be. Yeah. Well, so here. So I think you're getting way deeper and more philosophical than, than <laughs> the info I have in front of you. This is too metaphorical. Um, <laughs> anyways, a uh, three-legged cat means someone who is not skillful or master in the professional field. People usually look down on someone who is considered a three-legged cat, and then it goes on to explain. You know, it appeared during the Ming Dynasty uh, hmm. to describe someone with uh, unprofessional skills but superficial knowledge. So there you go. Okay. All right, I'll give you one more. Why not? I also have a Portuguese one, and it's empurar com a baria. How would you say that? B-A-R-R-I-G-A. I feel like they don't really go Barriga? Barriga? Barriga. Oh, yeah, R-R would be Barriga? Yeah. I can't do that. To push something with your barriga, your belly. To be lazy. To be like it's like a food coma. Extremely. You know what? I'm going to give it to you. I don't think it's even food coma related, but it technically means to procrastinate. But I'm going to okay. give it to you because you said to be lazy, and I, I think that's... I mean, that is Being lazy is sort of a symptom of... Yeah. So I'm going to give that should, to we you. We should do an episode on procrastination, Jared. Mm. I don't think we've done the one. The art of procrastination. The art and the danger <laughs> as well. Because there are some things where you got to be really careful if you procrastinate. Did you I ever? Got, were you ever a, a an all nighter person in college? Never all nighter. I value sleep too much to be an all nighter. But I, I was the type of person I'd work as late as I could, mm. and then when I noticed I'd start to kind of doze off or, or just couldn't focus anymore, I'd try to sleep and then wake up early and finish it. Uh, uh, okay, to me yeah. that Smart works move. better for me than for staying up all night. And it seems to me that not sleeping at all is much worse for you. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, then your whole next day is shot then then cramming and then not sleeping you know right oh definitely definitely i got one one more untranslatable for you jared this one is also uh chinese and it has the number three i just realized both of these have the number three in them um uh xiao san xiao san and this means little three little three think about when do we have uh the term three or maybe third in, in an idiom or untranslatable in English, Jared. Rule of thirds? Nope. So it's like like a rule of threes. Celebrities have to die in threes. <laughs> also not that, no. <laughs> Little three? Oh, third time's a charm, maybe? No. Um, three's company? Uh, I'm trying to Ooh, think. Ooh, you're getting warmer. You're getting uh, warmer. The more the merrier, is that what it means? Little three. Three's a crowd, four's a party? I, you're 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 like your toes are in the water you're you're getting so close um 
Is it something to do with like you need you only you need your three you need three ride or die homies? Everyone needs three ride or dies. I wouldn't say this relates to the homies. Little three, my kids. Is it kids? But but if your if your homie was a little three, you might have some serious beef with your homie. I guess if your homie was your girl's little three, you might have some beef with your homie. Is a little three like, like a partner, a relationship partner? It is the other woman or man intruding in your relationship. Oh, like a third oh, wheel. I, see, I was thinking I see. third wheel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, realize they, just mm-hmm. how many three related uh, sayings I could just blast right. off, or excuse right. me, untranslatables I could just blast off like that. Yeah, they they are the third. Yeah, so these are the third person, which Chinese created a new word. Little three means mistress or the other man. Furthermore, if a person has hmm. not only one affair. He or she would have little four, little five, etc. This so is it's not- like, <laughs> so it's like the I see, I see. It's like the smaller, extra people on the relationship. Yep, they're like you're the they're they're the they're like technically the third part of this relationship, but they're kind of like a, a smaller position. <laughs> right, right, huh? Exactly. I like that. The little and I three. think I think that's a good segue into our uh, main topic today, which is taboo topics, because I think affairs. Uh, extramarital affairs and partners and relationships and sex in general sure, of course are okay. all very taboo topics well sex and affairs are i mean they're not two different things but they're related se- yeah sure of course <laughs> but i'm saying Both very scandalous though depending on the culture yeah. we're talking about for sure for sure yeah i mean i mean i think sex in general is a taboo but yeah i mean nobody wants to talk about a f- the idea of an affair being a taboo topic that kind of makes sense though nobody wants to right admit that they're uh, being unfaithful that's not right that's no but one I, wants I, to to bring to light their little three or four or five. But I, I think the weird thing about taboo topics to me is that these things it's it's not like like an affair someone for the most part probably isn't like necessarily proud of it or really like stands firmly by these positions, you know. But when we talk about taboo topics, these are topics that you can't talk about that mostly because they do have such like like costs strong opinions from people mm-hmm. you know so, right. like everyone can agree that like a uh um an affair is bad <laughs> you know sure for the most sure. part i think yeah your average person definitely but yeah. um but like when we talk about like taboo topics i think that stuff that like you can't agree you can't agree that something like you know one person has a view that what you're what you believe is bad and the other person believes the opposite you know and it's just like well then let's just not talk about it and avoid that right yeah i think depending on the culture you live in it can really influence what you can and can't talk about right um Mm -hmm. because i know in, in in some cultures religion is it's okay to talk about especially if that country tends to have a more homogeneous religious right. background you know so if you if it's a majority christian or muslim or buddhist or whatever then mm-hmm. i think it's you know you have more i guess you I, the thing with taboo is is i think we we try to avoid as i said in the intro of today's episode we try to avoid offending or ruffling any feathers that we don't know about you know for you know for for all you know i could or be even a- that you do though like even mm-hmm. like you hear people all the time especially with trump having just been our president be like i yeah we i have to go to you know i go to family gatherings and it's just it's just we all agree we're not going to talk about politics because it's going to get ugly at the thanksgiving table you know right and so like i i think it's you know i think it's that too 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there, there's there's a level of there's a level of also vulnerability. I think with a lot of these taboo topics, where uh, you know, if you talk about religion or politics or or even sex, like you're kind mm-hmm. of you're really exposing yourself. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if I go to a party, especially in Dexter where I'm currently at, if I go to a party, which, which I wouldn't be doing right now anyways, but if I did and I started talking about how, you know, oh, yeah, I really like Bernie and blah, 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 I guarantee you I would piss <laughs> off quite a but few yeah, people that probably. communist. You know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, that leftist swine, you know, all, all those things. Um, you know, same thing with if you, if you were to go to like a very traditional – um, area and you were to talk about premarital sex, people would be like, "What are you doing?" You know, mm-hmm. we we don't, we don't talk about that here. Um, yeah, you know. So so I think uh, another really important aspect with taboo conversation topics is really also knowing how to read a room. I think can be yes really helpful because you know it's one thing if you want to make a joke or something, you know, just be very careful and tread lightly if. If, you know, your joke does have something that could be considered you know, political. Mm-hmm. I, I I had a coworker in the past and, um, you, you know, another part of like taboo topics is also like language and stuff like that, mm-hmm. swearing and swear words. Oh, for sure. And um, it would blow my mind, like in, in work situations, just how comfortable he was around around. I people. think you had you've told me about this coworker. I think I'm pretty it, sure it, it, it would it would just it still blows my mind. <laughs> just to, like the level of comfort where it's like you're going in like with to meetings and conversations with people you know you don't really interact with uh, on a normal base, basis or are like a much higher position than you. Yet you're still willing to talk to them the same way you like. You just talk, which I think is one very good, but then also is just like, it, it is like, um, how, how are you so confident to just know, know that this isn't, this is not going to go over. Right. Bad. How are you not going to get fired after? Yeah. yeah or after someone's not going like to find it slightly offensive somehow. Like, I mean, I don't care. Right. I, I just, it's just more shocking to me because I would never do something like that. Right. Well, I think maybe maybe he's been. I'm assuming it's a he. Maybe he's just been yeah. doing it for quite a while, and I you guess know, so. maybe maybe it's kind of his thing. Maybe it's like it, his <laughs> shtick. Like maybe it people. Ge- like, I guess it's genuine too. And, and it's yeah. not even that. It's not even that that there that, that there were like a lot of like. There's. He doesn't make like. It's not like sexual jokes or anything like that. It's just like the language level. Right. It's just like. <laughs> I just. I told Jimmy I, that was bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's like it's just fucking. It's just like it's just yeah, just like that. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do that. That's how he does it, though. He just slides them in real calm and smooth. That's how he does it. Um, and, but, yeah, I, I I would just never have that level of confidence in a work situation. Yeah, swear words. Swear words are are a big one, though. I mean, especially especially like if you're if you're near or in public or around children. Like mm-hmm. if you accidentally yeah. say swear word and then their kids are around, you or know? <laughs> even around like religious people, you know, if you mm-hmm. drop the the GD or something like that, right? Saying the Lord's name in vain. Well, I I remember I was in eighth grade, I think eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and my buddy Evan and I were just goofing around with each other, and uh, and and I I think I said I said the word prostitute. I was like fourteen or fifteen. I said the word prostitute, Ooh. and this one kid. <laughs> His mom was like very, very Christian and very, 
you know, and and she heard me say prostitute and she freaked out. Is um, prostitute a bad? It's not a bad word. That's just the word. <laughs> yep. yep. What were you talking about? I don't even remember. Were you I think talking we were, about you? Uh, you were well, going to hire we, a prostitute? No, I think we were joking around and just like insulting each other. <laughs> like, I, like I think my buddy called me a whore, and I was like, "Well, you're a prostitute," or you know something, which is essentially the same thing. But you know, we were just like it was just goofy, uh, stupid, fourteen year old right, boy banter. You know what I mean? Like it was just. And this was like after baseball practice, we were walking back to our cars. And yeah. then when she when she heard the word prostitute leave leave my lips, she just went ballistic, like ran behind me and was like, who said that? Blah blah blah. And I'm just like, I'm de- like, dear Lord, lady, calm down. Calm I, yeah, down. I've been I've been around some religious people when I was a kid too. And in the big one, like at school and stuff, was mm-hmm. oh my god, you know, you have to oh, say yeah. oh my gosh. Well, you especially you oh went god. to a private, you know private religious school too. not an elementary school that was well, that's true that, that was, was later that was more in like uh in in high school and sixth grade before i went to for one year before i went to germany but like that was but because it was mostly high school essentially at that point you know people were you know we were all degenerates at that point anyway so people <laughs> that's fair <laughs> we're that's saying fair. May, way worse stuff than oh my god <laughs> right so let's uh, but that was big when uh, i was like a kid how about we go through Jared and let's just brainstorm a list together of some other sure like we can s- just, yeah, some of the most taboo forth. stuff and then and then I'd like to uh, maybe peel back the onion a little bit further and and try to figure out maybe why some of these things are taboo topics. Well, we um, have the classic big three. Yep, yep, which are uh, sex, religion, and politics. I'm assuming, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And which I find these, I find especially the sex one kind of funny, considering if you're a millennial or or even a Gen Xer, depending on how old you are, your parents might have been baby boomers, which they were all about the free love hippie generation. Obviously, yeah, not was, everybody. They're but called a lot the baby boomers because they uh, were having a lot of sex. <laughs> well, well, no, they're called oh, no, baby that's boomers because their parents were because their parents. That's after right. World yeah. Wars, no, I don't know what I'm talking about because that's what you do after World Wars, Jared. Is you just that's go true. crazy? <laughs> that's true. But uh, but yeah, for sure. Uh, wait, what were you talking about? You said sex. Yep. So I just yeah. find I find I, I understand in, to some level why it's taboo a little bit, but um, it's but, weird though if you look at like social media though because uh, that's really like the the sort of the taboo media of it is in really, general. That's true. That's true. Our media is mostly run by by you know sex. Yeah. And sex appeal. That's true. Sex and, sells. And, and that's our, what our they capitalism. Say. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, but I, I mean, the, the the idea of sex being taboo, I think, makes some sense. You know, that that that's one of the, I think that's one of the ones that I'm not going to say I agree with, but it makes perfect sense to me. You know, the sure. fact that people would want that to be private right. to me is is understandable. It's a very private and intimate matter, and it sure. really is no one else's business. So so that yep. one. I think, uh, but it, it sometimes, and you, listen, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a prude myself. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes if I like, uh, you know, I'm listening to like, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like friends that like, you know, like talk about like, you know, you the, know, escapades the dirty details. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't need to know exactly. Like I get it. I right. get, I, I don't need to know the play by play. I get that it happened. And then at seven, <laughs> seven minutes and 32 seconds in, we decided to switch. <laughs> or they're like, or like, like you know, when they're, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of a, yeah. but um, so I like I that one makes sense to me. That that one well, makes sure. sense to me, sure. But I I will say this though, I do think that I understand why sex is taboo. I think a lot of it also stems from religion as well. Um, 
you know, uh, most, not, well, I think most or a lot of religions, premarital sex is kind of a big no-no. You know, if you look sure. at, technically speaking, Christianity, it's a, it's definitely a sin. Islam, that's also, you know, no probably go. Probably uh, Judaism as well, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Yep. It's, it's a, yep. uh, I'm, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, most but, of the major religions, uh, having sex outside of marriage is strongly frowned upon. Right. And the, most of those, and those three uh, religions have built up most of society. Right. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. I will say this, though. The, the only negative aspect about sex being such a taboo topic is I think a lot of kids don't have the right resources or know where to gain access to the right resources or even are able to have a conversation with their parents about something like that. Like, to be completely honest with you, I mean, I don't. I couldn't really tell you if or when like either of my parents really sat me down and had like a birds and the bees talk. Like, you know, they had always, you know, said, you know, be careful. You know, my mom, what she always told me when I was younger was just make sure it's with someone you actually love and care about um, and make sure you're safe, you know, protecting yourself. (laughs) (laughs) My mom said, don't get anyone pregnant. That's what she said. Nice. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what my parents indirectly said with uh with you know be 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 safe wear protection but that was like it you know that was but you know maybe for some people that's enough of a conversation i don't know i don't think i don't think it is i I don't i I don't think (laughs) i mean i mean mean, obviously a lot of people do have like will learn on their own but i I don't think that is yeah you got to be careful with that i mean you you better hope you have a partner that is understanding and uh patient and willing to also help you because i think some people aren't always great at communicating but see that's another issue with the reason why with Mm -hmm. sex being taboo i think it does make it difficult for some people to actually talk about their wants needs and desires i mean for a lot of people it's taboo even in their most intimate relationships you know they still there are a lot of people that still struggle to talk about it and stuff like that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's embarrassing sex is gross and embarrassing and wrong and sinful and you're gonna go to hell for doing it (laughs) <laughs> well, we're all going to hell anyways, Jared, so we might as well enjoy our time while we can. All right, let's do another one. Okay, was... well, well, let's, talk, let's talk about the big three. So we, oh, we right. can cross politics. sex off of our list. Let's, let's go to politics. I mean, <clears throat> politics is, I think it's pretty straightforward why this one, as you mentioned, you know, with, with yeah. like your parents at Thanksgiving but I or think, your family. But I think yeah. the thing about politics, though, is it makes up, I, 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 I don't think it, I don't think politics should that should be as taboo as um as sex these are like your their, your views on how society should be run i i understand why you did, why you wouldn't want to have a conversation about it and it could cause a problem mm-hmm. why it's taboo but it's like politics is intertwined in so much of society right and like the, the I, I hate those people that say like i don't talk about politics i don't talk about politics or whatever mm-hmm. like i'm not a political expert or anything but it's like just to, just to have that sort of blanket statement is so ridiculous because it's like how could you? How, I don't understand how you could say you opt out of it, really, because it has so much influence on your life and society, and and every and like sort of every part of society. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't believe in the system anymore. Sure, but I, I but think I don't there's any, a, but that's there, not even that's not why it's taboo. Well, it's I think the re well the reason why it's taboo is because our political beliefs I think are some of the most personally intertwined idealistic things we have Mm -hmm. um, or ideological things we have right like if you really think about it you know some people 
they are very conservative for certain reasons. A lot of times what they what studies have shown is it's actually uh, they they tend to base faith and and uh, safety and security over everything else more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas then liberals, and we all know, oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Whereas liberals, it's more about the um, equality, right? It's more about fairness. It's more about um, wanting to make sure that the people who 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 don't have the same opportunities can still have have a chance, you know? Um, and it's it's yeah, but politics politics are tricky as well because if you just look at how different politics are around the world. You know, um, that's what also I think adds another layer of complexity to sure. talking about politics. Um, yeah. Well, I, 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 I <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Um, and and it's it's annoying for us as Americans specifically because we always get. I mean, even probably pre uh, pre Trump, even though I'm sure it's going to be worse now. But we've always been a country that's sort of been made fun of, or like our politics and stuff has always sort of been made fun of by other countries. Well, it's I like, think, what are you guys doing over there? Kind of right. thing. Well, the fact that we have a two party system mm-hmm. for a country as huge and as diverse as it is. Yeah, I mean, our healthcare alone, is kind of a disaster. Our education yep, is kind yep. of a disaster. Our, our infrastructure also isn't great. If yeah, we're being that's completely true. honest, you that's know. True. Um, I think there's some stat that like most most of the bridges and like tunnels in the Detroit area are um, are like out of co- like out of spec or whatever. Like they're they're past their time of of, of usage. Um, but you know, we don't have the the money or whatever apparently to do anything about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, politics it's also a mixed bag because you all another aspect that is tied into politics a little bit is also nationalism. Right. So if you think about it, like mm-hmm. I, I just remember I always had to tread very lightly when I was in China and people would ask me political questions. I would always happily give them my opinion on American political matters, but the moment um, it had anything related to the Chinese government or anything else. I shut my trap. Um, so, w- w- was it? I-, I thought I would imagine it would be taboo to talk about the Chinese government in China. Yes, it is. That's why but, I didn't but, talk about it. But, but uh, no, but I'm saying for them too. But they have no problem bringing bringing up these topics that might be controversial. Well, well, see, here's the thing. So the topics they were bringing up wouldn't be controversial because they were asking me about American stuff. Mm. And then a lot of times what would happen is what what most people do when you talk about different cultures is my students would go, oh, it's really interesting that it's like that in the U.S. Here, it's like this. And they were just kind of telling me about things. Right. So they're not saying anything controversial, but you have to make sure you're not... Yeah, you're like putting your opinions right. or anything. Like in there. I didn't make any evaluative statements after they would say like, "Oh, well, this is you know." Like right. I, I'll oh, never okay. forget. Interesting. Right. Like I'll <laughs> never forget. I was sitting in the office of my, uh, well, he's like the vice dean of the university, so he's a he's a very very important figure at the university. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting there and, and asking him about his research and stuff, and it turns out he researches. It's really fascinating. I forget the terminology now, but he researches language in 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 courts, and he. He had been in England and had witnessed the way that they do, you know, just the judicial language they use in courts in England. Um, and then he was doing it in China. Anyways, long story short, I remember him telling me that in China, the the rate of uh, the rate of being incarcerated or being found guilty is like ninety nine percent. And when he told me that, like, it would have been very easy to make some snide comment, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, um, well, especially that would be hilarious coming from an American. 
where because we have the highest incarceration rates in the world so. right. <laughs> right but uh but yeah no i understand what you're saying it's like yeah because yeah i mean now i'm scared to say something but it's like yeah i'm sure if you get to a, if you get to that point in um it, where you're in court like that, you have you have very little representation for yourself, you know, like right, you do here right. in the U.S., for example. Well, and even here, you have to be careful. Um, no, I don't. Well, I think here it's more just about how much money you have. It depends yeah, on how good yeah. of your your chances, really. I would agree with you there for sure. Uh, it's more just yeah. money based. And uh, you know, the other reason why politics, I think, is also a um, w- will continue to be a taboo thing for quite some time is number one um, that. I think a lot of people are very uninformed politically. Uh, not mm-hmm. that I'm super informed either because either, I'm not. Uh, but the other reason is in a lot of countries, if you have any, if you say anything negative politically, there can be severe consequences. And I just I just want to take a second to say that the, the Americans listening, um, we need to really be thankful that we can criticize our government. And, you know, just the fact that we can tweet shit about our government and not mm-hmm. get locked up or sent somewhere never to be seen again. We are very lucky. We really yeah. are. Yeah, there are certainly certain instances that actually I feel like I've heard one that happened recently in a country somewhere where someone insulted the government and got arrested. But then it was just like a just disappeared that was it Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't know what happened kind of situation right uh and it's and and then that's that's sort of the end of it there's nothing you Mm -hmm. can you know that's it (laughs) exactly exactly um okay let's talk about politics it obviously makes sense but Mm -hmm. i i I wish people would be more more um sort of have more confidence in their views you know but I Once think it's just trying to. I don't even think it's what I understand what you're saying. But I, I honestly, no, I get it. I get it. I shouldn't even be saying that. It's taboo because people aren't trying to start arguments at work. You know, that's yes, why it's a taboo. Yes, it's and it's also taboo. I think because a lot of people, politics is one of those weird things, Jared, where a lot of times you can't, you can't explain why you think the way you think. I think at least a lot of people that I know, you know, when and you, you can't ask, change people's mind. Right. Exactly. So it's kind of like. I think it's important to have a have a dialogue about politics and be able to discuss politics. But a lot of people, I think, if you are going into a conversation thinking you will change someone's mind or opinion, you're mm-hmm. already you're already losing. You've already mm-hmm. lost, you know, um, for sure. All right, so we've talked about politics. We've talked about sex. Now we need to Let's, talk about religion, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I got I mean, my church behind me. That was kind of obvious, right? <laughs> you didn't, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't make a comment oh, earlier. I, Do you know I, I where gonna, this is? I was going to ask you at some point where that was. Yeah. Stefan's Dome. Oh, I didn't even recognize it. In Vienna. It. Yep, yep. Okay. And the, your chair is kind of blocking. But yeah, I, I see what you... I was going to ask at some point, but... um. <laughs> yep. Okay, we. Got, yep. I thought you were never coming back. <laughs> never, yeah, never coming back. I was like, that, Ch- Chad? <laughs> that's the history of the Untranslatable uh, Podcast but, I right mean, there. religion is, is obvious. There are so many... You know, there are three main religions, but even within those, there mm-hmm. are, you know, thousands of sects. Sects. Yep. And, sects. Uh, the, 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 three, the three big religions generally mm-hmm. don't get along. Then within those reli- those religions, the sects with the sects within their own religions don't really get along either. <laughs> right? It's like a Protestant versus a, ca- versus a Catholic person kind of thing. Um, I will where, I will say this though, Jared. I think there is some similarity actually to the reaction people have when you question their politics or their religion. I mm. think there tends to be a similar type of. 
because both of those things are so ingrained in your identity, at least if and faith your is religion, important. Yeah, your religion, sort for most, I would I don't know about most, but for a number of people, defines their you know or, or you know partially defines their political leanings. You know, you know what's interesting about that, Jared. I would argue actually that the reason why politics nowadays, at least in the U.S., is such a a difficult topic for a lot of people to discuss is I truly believe that I think a lot of politics, political ideologies have replaced religious ideologies. Mm. Um, so if you look yeah, at just the way certain people, I mean, especially if you look at the Trumpers, I mean, that's a really easy example. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and, they, they, the, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really obvious with the with the Trumpers. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it just happens there because you see it on the left too with people. I was but just gonna so, say, yeah, the far left. It's also easy to but see. But it's so too. obvious with it's so obvious with the Trumpers though, just because like you see them, especially after this insurrection, you see them being like, "We did it for him," you know, like he's gonna right. save us from, he's gonna pardon us, right? He's gonna save us. Like he's literally treating this guy, which is hilarious because he. He clearly doesn't care about of any them. of them at all. Right. But like uh, <laughs> um, he they're treating him like he's going to save them and like he's the one that has all the answers or whatever and is the the chosen one somehow. So yeah, I, I, I and I, I and yeah, I mean I, I agree with you and I think that uh it is it is kind of treated like like a religion. Mhm. Uh, another one that's a big one. Uh, I mean, re- religion is obvious. Uh, like we don't have to go too deep into that. They, you know, religions have been fighting each other for hundreds of years. No kidding. <laughs> for for thousands of years. Yeah, I don't know. why I said hundreds mm-hmm. for thousands of years. Another big one is uh, weight dieting. Yep, especially that's a huge one. Well, I'll say this. I I think that's a taboo topic in the West. Mm, in the I east I they have no shame. I agree with you. Yep. I mean, I I think I had a student tell me. Um, I think I had a student in China tell me like uh, something like, "Oh, Mr. B, have you been enjoying like the Chinese food lately?" Uh, I actually, you know, kinda... I actually read something about that that the that um, that is that does tend to be a, a Western thing. I think mm-hmm. maybe it was someone that was in an African country that was saying like, "Yeah, there's no like there's no yeah. shame around weight or anything." Even here. even even in countries like Germany, I don't know if it's changed since, but I just remember a conversation I had. Now, granted, this was quite a while ago. This was like in 2008. So this was a while back. But I remember having a conversation with a couple Germans and them just being like, no, you know, in, in Germany, we just tell it how it is. You know, if you're overweight, mm. we're, we're not going to, you know, whereas Americans, I think we are, I hate to say this, Jared, but we're soft. Well, we I mean, are there, soft. There's, there's the whole thing about like diet culture yep. in, in the United States or and then obviously body shaming and yep. and body positivity. These are all yep. very positive or excuse me, popular American which is sort ironic, of cultural things. Which is ironic because body positivity the 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 term itself means in theory it means you know you are you are um showing a positive light to different body shapes or sizes or whatever. Right. But I think body positivity should really be um, trying to get you to be uh, healthier and happier, be mm-hmm. happier with your body. But at the same time, I don't like the amount of articles and stuff that you see on all sorts of different magazines, especially in the U.S., about you know how how it's okay to be okay to be big, big is beautiful, all this stuff. It's like it's like well, it's not the greatest for your health, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I have some issues with the, with the whole body positivity movement. Uh, I think that I think they have good intentions, but I think at the end of the day, and that's the difference between Western culture and and other places in the world. You know, mm-hmm. is, is where a lot of these topics they're not taboo, just because uh, the way they approach them is they're just more direct about it. 
You know, whereas in, in the States, I feel like the reason why we're not direct about it, because if you're direct about it, you're actually showing that there is some type of problem or issue, which means there's actually something that you need to do in order to change or do different and change and doing things different, living healthy isn't easy. Um, so I, I think that's think, where it comes I also from. think there is a culture around um, like expectations on looking a certain way, mm-hmm. which which is why and and like um, and, and sort of like like these like what people I don't know like like tr- trying to 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 uh, say I do think there is something to like trying to highlight that just just because you don't look a certain way doesn't mean you can't be beautiful or something like that i do really think there is something to that but um i I understand what you're saying but there is there is i've even seen like there there have been like like lizzo is on some diet of some sort and people are getting mad at her for promoting Mm -hmm. diet culture and it's like well you you like her because she is body positive but then when she tries to do something you know for her body or whatever whatever it be whatever it may be Mm -hmm. you're like no you can't do that but i I think also some of that is just fans projecting, you know, and wanting, wanting the people, person they they um, they like to do what makes them comfortable or well, happy didn't, or whatever. Didn't Adele even get some backlash? Oh yeah, people, when yeah, she, she lost she weight. <laughs> yeah, people got on her too. Yes, that's very true. I forgot about that. Which is really ironic. It's like you can be overweight and people are like, "Yes, Queen, like you're this great, beautiful champion." But then if you lose the weight. And, well, that's you what know, I'm saying. I think yeah. I really think it is fans projecting. You know. Yeah, I think and, you're right. I, I like. Yeah, uh, I think another one is um, is money. Money's a big mm-hmm. one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Asking money, someone how one. much mm-hmm. they paid for something, how much something, mm-hmm. how much they make. Um, talking about like um, investments. Just talking about f- yeah, finance investments in general. I think can be an I uncomfortable hate, topic. I, I hate that. I I have a friend. His name's Don. I don't know why I'm acting. Like, I don't have to. I don't have. It's not some secret that I'm about to say, but but he has no sort of. He has no sort of taboo around talking about money. He has no filter whatsoever about talking so, about money. So like, I'll, so I'll be like, um, you know, I'll be like, oh, hey, yeah, I got a, like, I got a, I got a new job. He's like, oh yeah, how much are they paying you? And I was like, uh, like, excuse me, or like, or, or or he'll like tell me how much he got paid, and it's it almost feels like he just told me something gross, it's gross and sexual. I'm like, hey, listen, I didn't ask to hear that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, honestly, I don't even I'm like. I'm just gonna it. pretend you didn't I, say. I that. don't even like it when he. He like tells, or, or not even just him, but he's this is an example that came to my head. But like when someone tells me like financial sort of personal stuff, I was like, you don't mm-hmm. need to tell me these things. Right, I don't, I don't need to know this. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't need to tell me how much money you make. You don't need to tell me how much you spent on a house right. or something like. Like I don't need to know. I don't need to know what your four hundred one k or investment situation looks like. I don't need to know. I send I it's send very, Jared a monthly uh, text uh, screen screen grab of my bank statements every month. Just to, I, I, just to make I think you there happy. is some sort of protectiveness around uh, around finances for me too, like mm-hmm. you know, not just letting everyone know what's happening in my life financially. But right. I also do think there is something a little like, what's the word, uncouth about it, you know? Especially yeah. those people that are like uh, always like you know, guess how much that costs, kind of stuff. I mean, that's different. But but even just like talking about finances or like it, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But I think there there is a movement that I've been seeing going on in, in on social media recently about more um more like um financial financial openness 
mm-hmm. and being more open about your finances leading to more uh, financial literacy across the board if you're more open to talking about like um you know you know so like credit card debt or like um or like building, you know, just building your credit or, you know, building, a, you know, investing in 401k or stuff like that. And that 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 taboo is part of the reason why we're now in a situation where, you know, millennials get made fun of because they can't buy a house and stuff like that. And, the, and they're buying avocado toast right. for for $20, but they can't, you know, lease a car or something like that. Which is which know? is which is kind of <laughs> ironic, though, because your average boomer, if, oh, if I remember, I don't remember the percentage. Oh, we're about to do now. some boomer bashing. But yep, <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, your, your average boomer, Jared, doesn't even have a thousand dollars saved up in like a rainy day fund, <clears throat> which yeah. is too bad. You know, is that a boomer though? I feel like that's just your average American. Probably, yeah. Most li- definitely, most likely your average American. But yeah, I, I don't know if money, that's just specific to boomers. To be honest right. with you, well, I think money is also it's a tricky subject to talk about because, I mean, in a way, you're kind of talking about if you if you're in a position where you have money, you're kind right. of with the haves, and if you're talking to somebody who doesn't, it's the haves and the haves-nots. You know, and right? It's, it's very easy to sound like you're. Gloating. Yep, yep. But then I think it's also very easy for someone to like either like I don't I don't know like you don't want to get also like some sort of fake pity or be like oh like someone looked down on you or something like that because you don't have as much like it's very easy to judge someone's like judge someone based off of how much money they have. Definitely. Yeah. Money, money is a big one though. So you mentioned weight. Another one kind of related to weight though, Jared, uh, depending on where you live, oh, age yeah. can was, be another yes. big one. Age yes. can be a really, really big that's taboo a topic. huge taboo here in the U S and I, I wonder if that's not, I wonder, it feels like it's going away a little bit, but it's certainly when we were young, when we were kids and young and, and back, like asking a woman how old they were, uh, how old they are is is like very no no here in the U.S. Right or like it's it's and that's really the big thing asking a, a woman's age is is really where the right. big taboo taboo is in the U.S. at least. Why is that? I've always found that funny. Why is that? I think part of it might be because um, because in in society in the U.S. like youth is so um, is so. Um, sought after sought after especially if we look at you know we're talking like hollywood you know like the famous people you know like by the time you know there's kind of the joke in hollywood that like by the time a woman's in her 30s like she's like she's now like you know the grandmother or something Mm -hmm. being cast as like mother and like it can no longer be like you know like the sex symbol and and it and it really and, and, and but but then for like a man you know you know like George Clooney you know he's really just getting into his sex symbol stride at like forty five or whatever. Right. <laughs> so I I think there like the the there there is in our culture this sort of young women beauty is this sort of ideal for whatever reason. So I think I think it's just it's just trying to to protect that a little bit right and 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 you know you know the judgment that comes with with being old and you know sure. I, I don't know I, th- I i think people also maybe you know just w- older women maybe they just like they get looked at a little differently maybe you know mm. you just get less sexualized or something you know you're just sort of like a it just changes the the uh, uh i feel like the uh the you know how people look at you a lot well, that, more for women i think i think th- I'm not sure what age exactly, but that's probably the age where you'll get a lot of the ladies starting to say, where have all the good men gone? 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, to, to that level. But um, age age is definitely an interesting one, though, because, I mean, to some extent as well, especially if we're talking about meeting other people, especially like dating and relationships, mm. I also want to make oh, sure yeah. you're 18 or over. Well, the taboo you know? is also on the other side, too, not just... Uh, the, well, not the other side, but there's also the taboo of like the the relationship where it's like someone is 20 and the other person is 62 or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> there's that gap too, where 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 um. Although is that taboo? I don't know. I don't know if that's even taboo. I I think it depends I mean, people, on the culture. Depends, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of the, the U.S. at least. In the U.S. it would be, but I think there's a I lot of other cultures. I think it's kind where, of a taboo, but people get over it pretty quickly. Right, right. I will say this though. I love always asking my students. Uh, how old do they think I am? Mm. I'll tell you, Jared, when when I don't have like a thick beard, usually they can gauge me pretty close. When the thicker and longer my beard gets, the older my age immediately goes to. Yeah, that makes sense. I had a student guess last semester I was 40. I was like, oh, oh no. That actually must have kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it's like this too old. Too old. Way yeah. too old. <laughs> yeah. I started talking like this for the rest of the lecture. 40. 40 i know dude it was crazy did you go home and you know look in the mirror start start a skin routine yep i just shaved my beard dude just rapidly started just getting rid of some lotions right (laughs) exactly um speaking of age and weight because i think those are a lot uh are kind of related to especially dating and and like uh, what's physical the right term appear- here, like physical appearance well, well, inter- and- interrelationships or relationships in general i see another taboo one though uh depending on the country jared can be are you married i think in the u.s mm. honestly that would be um i don't know if it's taboo i mean it's kind of a weird question to ask that one i on think is also rapidly losing a taboo but but i'm sure in certain parts of the world there's still uh, there's a lot more of a taboo to where if you hit some sort of certain number of age, you know, mm-hmm. thirty or I don't know. I'm just making something up. Right. Where 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 it's like a what like why aren't you married? And I'm sh- I'm sure by the way it still happens in the U S. all the time. Mm-hmm. But but I f- still I do feel like that's becoming less and less of a uh, of a taboo. Well, I can tell you, but you I for think sure. that's a, that's certainly a kind of a religious thing, and also sort of like like sort of from that you know sexist is sort of religious thing where it's like a you know you need you should you should have a man in your life at this point kind of kind of thing because that's another taboo where i think it's more on the women than the men right oh for sure um and just so you know jared one concrete country at least according to this website i have in front of me here are you married it can be a harmless question in most places but in afghanistan it can be considered rude to ask a woman this question and i'm sure especially as a dude i'm sure you just wouldn't ask oh is that because um, you're kind of if by asking that you're kind of making a move maybe i imagine could be yeah could be uh, yeah, if you're a guy asking, I could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Because it's it like, why sense. are you asking? Do you do you want to marry right. me? Is that why you're right. asking? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. So here, this is uh, interesting. Okay, so here we go. So in many places like Taiwan, Sudan, and Syria, asking about one's family is a very welcome topic. But in rural mm. Thailand, it should be avoided until the speakers are well acquainted. Interesting. So that's interesting. You know, you kind of have different levels. Yeah, I think here in the U.S., mm-hmm. family is a pretty open topic to talk about. That's that's yeah. in the workplace for sure. Yeah, that's a safe go-to topic. With strangers, like strangers, to though, it would be weird. I yeah, maybe sure, 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 sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, true. think about it. You know, if you just met somebody and they're asking you all these questions about your family, you'd be like, uh, "That's weird." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. But, that but, is but a little yeah, weird, but like but in yeah. a work setting or like a casual or like professional or like acquaintance setting, mm-hmm. where, where um, I think. 
I think that like the topic of kids or something like that, that's a pretty safe, easy go-to topic right? for, for, for people sure. to bond over. For sure. Yeah. Here's an interesting one, Jared. Um, so uh, how much money do you make? We've talked about this a little bit, but how much money do you make is considered a rude question in countries like Croatia, Germany, and in the US. Mm-hmm. However, in China and Ecuador, it can be a normal topic of conversation. And what's interesting is I actually remember... Uh, my one of my coworkers, uh, or really it was like a, a, a colleague of mine, I guess, who he was an English language fellow. He was dating uh, and now engaged to a Chinese woman, and he was telling me that his one of the first times he had met his fiance's parents, they asked him how much he made. That was like mm. one of the first questions they asked, and he told them, uh, and he did, yeah. Um, but now, was granted, it satisfactory. He, I mean, he, he does pretty well for himself, yeah. Okay. So I think so. I mean, he's still okay. he's still dating her, and they're going to get married. So I'm assuming it was okay. It must be a good feeling, though, if, if they if they ask you that and you say it, and they're like, ooh, and you're right. like, yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> right, right. Um, but that was, a, that was a tricky one, though, because I fe- to some extent, I think people ask it for different reasons. I think some people are just genuinely curious. Some people, I think they might actually care about your... Or, or at they least use like, it to like as it like to size you up almost mm-hmm. exactly. I exactly. wonder now. I don't know about Ecuador, but I wonder if it's less mm-hmm. of a taboo in a country like China because it's more social socialistic, communistic leaning. So like maybe the I'm thinking in a, in a communist more communist leaning kind of country, the amount of money that people get paid might be this is all just guesses less varied, and you know like like if. If if there's a, like a government influence essentially on on your pay, then maybe like if you're doing a similar job, even if you're at a different company, maybe there's more similarity there. I, I don't know. Right. Definitely. I'm just throwing out an idea. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. No, I I agree with you though. I think I think that very well could be. Let's. Uh, so we've talked about some conversational topics here, Jared. Mm-hmm. I want to give you now a couple cultural taboos and i want to see if let's see how how worldly you are here jared i think you're a pretty worldly gentleman here oh, and thank uh, you. let's 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 test you out and i'm going to give you some different taboos i want you to guess the country or the area where they're from okay where it would be a taboo yes okay so first one even numbers of flowers uh oh yeah we talked about this mm-hmm. was this russia or something yes, like that sir mm-hmm. okay Wow, yep. I was pretty. Yep. I was yep. impressed myself. Right Russia. There. Well, I think a lot of actually Slavic countries okay. as well. Okay. I think it's more than just Russia, but uh, Russia for sure. Even number of flowers. Um, Interesting. Uh, I feel like the, an odd number would be more offensive in the U.S. I mean, I, I don't think there's a general. Well, do people actually count the flowers? Well, a dozen roses isn't that a thing? I guess is it? I'm not sure. It's been a, a long time roses. since I've sent flowers, <laughs> especially a dozen roses. I don't think right. I've ever done done that move. I think I did when I was in undergrad, like an idiot. But yeah, roses. Yeah, yep. I could see you doing some yep. shit like that. Stupid <laughs> idiot. But yeah, yep. That's you're just not an idiot. Why is that? Why is that dumb? It was it. It was just not worth the money, man. It was oh, expensive. I, I was a I poor was college say, student, bro. Sure, fifty bucks for a thing of flowers back then was a lot of money. That's true, and, and that you can get rose, you can get flowers for less than that too. Like lot, you, don't, you, you yeah. don't necessarily have to go with the roses. Exactly, 
Exactly. Okay, let me give you another one. Okay. No extra cheese. What country could this be? What the hell does that even mean? What do you no mean? No extra cheese. As an American, uh, I don't even comprehend right. that, <laughs> that sentence. What do you mean? What do you mean no extra cheese? No extra cheese. You, you can't get extra cheese on your dish. So are you saying if I were to be in this country and say, could I get that with extra cheese? They'd be like, get the fuck out of my restaurant. If I, if I tell you what type of food, it will give away the country. But just think about think about even American restaurants. What restaurants do you go to where they're where they're like, "Would you like some cheese, oh, sir?" Italy. There you go. Don't there yeah, you go. Yes. Don't yep. don't tell me how to make my pizza or pasta. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Italy is popular as the land of art and cheese. This is a place where cheese is life. Uh, it's always said, "When in Rome, do as the Romans do." That means while you are visiting another place, follow the customs of that place. And when you are in Italy, enjoying a meal at a restaurant. Uh, you do not get to request for some extra cheese on your pizza. I wonder if they'd be disgusted with the amount of Parmesan I put on my pizza. Probably. <laughs> not my pizza. Probably. On my pasta. Probably. I put it on pizza too if I'm at a restaurant. But right. even on my pasta, I was like, hey, can I get, could you, where they like, tell me when. And I'm like, and I'm just like, the whole restaurant's covered in Parmesan cheese. Okay, <laughs> no, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, yeah. go back and get another block and fill it back <laughs> right. up. So this is the reason why, Jared. So, uh, and, and you were right with your guess here. So, uh, asking for es- extra cheese is seen as a sign that the chef did not prepare the dish yeah, well. well and, and in Italy, the chef is always right. That's, that's popular in a lot of European countries. That's not just a cheese-related Europe, uh, Italy thing. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I've, I've experienced that in Germany and France. Any, a, lot of, a lot of countries, any countries, all these countries that really care about their cuisine. Maybe not Germany as much. But, um... But like it's it's not really cool to like ask for salt and pepper in a lot of country in a lot of restaurants, right. especially mm-hmm. nice restaurants in Europe, where it's like like I, I seasoned it. What are you talking like you don't like you're telling me it's I seasoned my food wrong. So I've experienced that in a number of European countries where where mm-hmm. it is sort of offensive to ask for seasonings in general. Makes sense. And here I am in America just pouring hot sauce on everything. <laughs> but hey, um, yeah, the, num- the number four, Jared. This should be an easy one. Where's the number four taboo? Oh, right. That's in Japan and um, also China as well, right? Because mm-hmm. it means death. Yes. Very if if good. you say mm-hmm. it, it's spelled the same, but you say it slightly differently, yep. it means death. Yep, exactly. Now, this one, I'm not sure if you'll actually guess the country, but apparently in this country, it is considered rude or taboo to touch a person's head. Uh, here in the U.S., black people, as a black person, I have had many dumb whites be like, oh, I like your hair, and just touch my hair. I know that's not what you're talking about, but it's uh, it's actually, I would say it is a proper taboo here in the U.S. where, uh, where, um, where you know, white people are sort of uh, fascinated with black people's hair and take a liberties to to just you know reach out and, and touch people's yeah. heads yeah that's messed up that's i mean weird. they've made like movies and stuff about it <laughs> right yeah yeah that's so, not cool uh, uh, but i'm sure that's not what you were talking about Mm-mm. but i'd say it w- is actually a taboo here in the u.s mm-hmm. um uh the heads touching people's heads mm-hmm. is this maybe in like um uh i'm gonna say like the uae saudi arabia maybe it's an okay guess, but but no, uh, Malaysia. Turns Malaysia. out in Malaysia. What's the reasoning? 
doesn't really say it just says in hmm. Malaysia touching the head of a I mean, that person makes sense, is considered touching rude in general. and disrespectful yeah touching yeah. in general there i mean for i mean touching in general is a whole different right. le- levels of taboo like as we mentioned france Personal and italy or something or, or in a lot of european countries you know or south american countries where you go in for the kiss Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do that in the U.S., it's kind of kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so here's the reason, Jared. So people in Malaysia believe that the head is actually where the soul lies. The head mm. is also considered the most important or holiest part of the body and is not supposed to be touched. This is also Very true invasive. for, yeah, for Buddhist statue and is true for uh, all Malays. Oh, all yeah. All this, I'm- however, does not apply to close friends and family. But seeking permission before touching the head or roughing hair is always better. So there you I, go. I have heard that it is like that. The, uh, the, 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 like the idea of like rubbing the Buddha head, the Buddha head, that's mm-hmm. super offensive. Right. I think if anything, you should rub his belly. That makes more sense to me, but that's probably even more offensive. So, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. Say, I, I was literally say, I'm not going to weigh in on whether you should do that or not. I just got I just got <laughs> us permanently canceled from all Buddhist countries, Jared. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Let me let's go now. Do a quick speed round and see if you can guess these. Um, and now m- more countries could apply to this, Jared. But I'm just going to go with the countries that are on my list here. Uh, mm. Country where it's taboo to give a tip. Australia could be true, but I have Japan. Okay. Uh, uh, I know it wh- is true in Australia mm-hmm. too, by the way. But go ahead. Okay, good. Uh, place where you should not touch the opposite sex in public places. Um, I'd say probably most um, Muslim countries. I would imagine countries that are like that. You know, run under sort of a Muslim faith yep. guidelines. I, I, yes, I think you're right. The country I have on my list here, however, is India. But India does have a huge Muslim okay. population. So yeah, good. Uh, Country where you should not ask someone whether or not they go to church. Hmm. Is that the U.S.? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, I was say, it's I in, it's, it's in Scandinavia. <laughs> in Scandinavia. Okay. Uh, Sweden. Norway. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, I, I've been asked that before in work settings. And oh, it's really? a very it's a very uncomfortable situation because I most time or every time every time I've been asked it it's been it's not been a shit ton of times it's been like two or three times but every time I've been asked it it was by a religious person you know yep so it's like this is going to be weird trying no matter what because join I don't their church Jerry it's not even trying to get me to join them it's just they they bring up religion somehow I don't know it's like I don't want you to now judge me some sort of way because I'm going to tell you no you know tell them you're an untranslatableist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just that's tell them that from now on. <laughs> then anyway, when, when they ask about it, just say it's complicated. Don't. It's just it's complicated. All right, next <laughs> one. Next one for you, Jared. Ooh, do not imitate their accent. I mean, that's got to be most countries. That's probably annoying as hell. Probably, <laughs> but this one specifically. Think uh, of a place. Jamaicans, maybe. Uh, that's <laughs> I, I like that guess, but no, Ir- Ireland. In oh, Ireland, yeah, okay. do not imitate. You know, accents. I was trying to think of of countries that have like super Im- imitated, annoying, right. like sort of generically imitated accents. Mm-hmm. Ireland is certainly one of those. Yep, I would assume England could probably that would apply to England as well. Yeah, um, maybe. Which is funny though, because I think it's hilarious when uh, people from the UK 
do an American accent. I think it's hilarious. I feel like I feel like Ireland might get it even a little worse because there's like the St. Patrick's Day and Leprechaun tie and all that stuff, true, like true. Pot, of, pot of gold and shit. You know, like, that's true. Good point. <laughs> the look of the eye. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I just got canceled in Ireland now too, Jared. So so there we go. Like, two for the two exact today. Annoying shit. I was thinking. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You should get this one, Jared. What country is it taboo to celebrate someone's birthday or wish them a happy birthday ahead of their actual birthday? Oh, yeah. In Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you That's do it on one. the day? That's right. You, you, you jinx don't want to doing yeah, it beforehand. Exactly. Exactly. Don't want to give them bad luck. Um, okay. What country should you not give umbrellas and clocks as gifts? This will be my last one for you. Oh, I remember this because clocks... I don't. I don't remember umbrella, but I know clocks sort of represents like the passage, the passing of time, mm-hmm. and so you're kind of a, you're kind of like implying that like you're moving Time's on or up. getting old or like yeah yep. you're reaching the end of your life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it might be China. Very good. Oh, Very good, yes. Jared. Parada. Very good. Well, Jared, I think we've covered some taboos from all around the world, and I think now it's time to talk about our song of the pod. Yeah, that has artists from all over the world, and also is, I would say kind of involves fighting some of those, some of those taboos a little bit. Most because, definitely. I mean, the song is "Fight Up the Get Up Stand Up." Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I should. Yep. Yep. By uh, I mean, it's up. by Bob Marley, but um, this is this version is by uh, what's what are, what are they playing called? Playing for like, change, mm-hmm. and this is not the first playing for change song we've done. We've done a couple of them now, I think, and uh, this but one's it's really more great. like a. It's not really playing for change. Is not really a group. It I f- isn't. I feel like it's more of an organization. It's an organization yeah, that yeah. gets like musicians together. Yep. and puts the and puts together certain yep. songs and stuff like that. And they have quite the eclectic mix of musicians on this one. That is mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, let's see here. One. So I imagine you chose this. I imagine you chose this song. You had the song on your mind because the session, the main focus of that set, the session that we listened to yesterday was this song. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got it. Uh, yeah, I've been in a Bob Marley mood ever, ever since, uh, ever since the, the, the live stream yesterday. And so yeah. I've been, when you listen in, to like mm-hmm. a song of someone you're a big fan of, it really makes you like, be like, I need, I've not been listening to this song. <laughs> right. You know? Right. It's like, I need to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and this, this is such a cool version because you have so many different layers, which, you know, mm-hmm. as we discussed earlier in today's episode, we saw the same thing with, uh, during the sessions live stream, you know, he, he broke down all the layers. Is that something, is that something that really stuck with you about that song? Cause there were a lot of layers in the song, but, the, the, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the fact that there were a lot of layers that really stuck out to me. It was the way that he, that he mentioned that, uh, Bob Marley was still able to make like leave holes in the song or yep. the producer or whatever, so it didn't feel like overbearing and like too like power or like heavy of a, of a melody. It was still very loose and light, yep. even though there was a lot of different intricate parts going on at the same yeah. time. It, well, it, and it, you just don't notice how well they're woven in together until you break them all apart because mm-hmm. they're they're. Music and all the little different noises. Those, in, in exactly. That never, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Music is one of those weird things where you can listen to something and until you really, really intently, closely listen to something, you might not pick up on it. I mean, Dude, I had a buddy some, in college. Uh, yeah. Go I had ahead, a buddy sorry. in college that told me one of the reasons why he loved listening to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd was mm. because anytime he listened to any of their records, it could have been for the 10th time or the 100th time, he always could hear something new. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I experienced that even just with like new albums I listen to. Mm-hmm. I probably don't get a good understanding of the lyrics until like the fourth or fifth listen, to be honest with you. Like right. the, definitely not the first listen. The first listen, I for sure do not get a good like it i, I don't I, I do not digest a lot of the lyrics and not and i like i'm a lyricy person i like lyrics but they just don't they don't really sit with me the the first time i listen to to an mm-hmm. album so yeah so i i, I enjoy it. that's that's something i like about it. i that's something because we just listened to the session yesterday when i was listening to this song i was listening to like you know their take on it because you know, there are, st- there are a lot of layers in this one, too, but then obviously not the same layers. Like, it's not right. just uh, like a recreation of of uh, Bob Marley's version. So it's like, all right, you know, you try to see, like, what layers did Bob Marley have in there that they left out or what did they put in there or something like that. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. it was a good choice. Were there any artists that surprised you in this video, Jared? I don't know about surprise me. I would say the thing that, that I... I, I I paid a, a close attention to was the singing, and uh, because I, I, that's one of the, my favorite parts of the sessions is hearing just the isolated vocals. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, I don't think any of them they were great. I, but I don't think any of them were were it, it wasn't the same. You know, I think I was doing too, comparing it too much to the original. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can't. You got to be careful with that. Yeah, <laughs> one one artist that did surprise me on the playing for change get up stand up was Keith Richards. I just didn't expect to see Keith Richards. I don't even think um, I recognize that, to be honest with you. Because yep. also, do you know who it, he is? Yeah, he's the uh, was it let ACDC or something like that? Or <laughs> no, or you don't know who Rolling Stones. There or you go. Yeah, one guitar of those. player for Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I knew he was some old rocker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is me saying ACDC and Rolling Stones? They're nothing alike. Nothing alike. No. Really, I always, I always kind of picture them as similar. ACDC. In my head. If you, if if you want to compare ACDC and Rolling Stones, that would be like comparing. It would be like comparing Nas and like a little baby. <laughs> what would be a a good comparison for the Rolling Stones? Like a similar sort of band that they competed with in the time or something. Well, I mean, it's not He's, a fair one to one, but the Beatles a little bit. Interesting. Um Oh, so what about really? Yeah. The oh, Beatles so they're a little a, bit. More, I mean, more Led poppy, Zeppelin a little bit. Less rocky. They're not I as, mean, they were they were poppy and a little bluesy. They weren't I've, as heavy as Led Zeppelin or uh, as heavy the, as the Beatles. Are they the one that honest. do that that do that song go went through ch- or changes uh and is uh, <laughs> People are saying, huh? That's the doors. That's, oh, oh, okay. that's the doors. Are they People are strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. Um, the, the really big famous uh, Rolling Stone song is I Can't Get No Satisfaction. That's the big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that song does nothing for me, really. Yeah. Well, Jared, clearly they can't give give you any satisfaction, <laughs> I guess, with that one. But uh, I think you will get some satisfaction from the song of the pod for today. Uh, yeah, get up, stand up, playing for change. Obviously, originally written by Bob Marley. But yeah, it was fun to see Keith Richards in there, and and yeah, the vocals though, as you mentioned, Jared, for this track are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So check that out on our song of the pod playlist uh, on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. Uh, once again, get you up, betcha. stand up, playing for change. It's definitely will put you in a good. Good mood, good vibes, as we used to say. Chill vibes, laid back vibes, all that great stuff. Um, so, Jared, I think uh, I think we've covered some solid ground today regarding taboo topics. We discussed some of the big ones 
um, you know, some reasons why those topics might be taboo. Um, do you have any any advice for our listeners out there how to uh, make sure to either avoid or how to handle uh, navigating the waters of these uh, difficult taboo topics? I would say read the room if you have any if you have any apprehension. That's that's just I think that's the saying you need to always remember: read mm-hmm. the room. You know. Yep. What vibe are you putting out in relation to the vibe that other people are putting out? Mm-hmm. And how and how especially you know we're talking about people that <clears throat> if you're if it's a taboo, you, like you know you might not realize. So it's just you know read the room and tread lightly. I would say exactly. And I, I think I think another thing too is if if it's if it's not something that's okay in your home country or culture. It's probably not okay in the other culture. Not always, but generally speaking, I think well, there are a lot of a good one. Don't do anything yep. you wouldn't do at home. <laughs> yep, yep. I think that can also be a really big help. And uh, at the end of the day, too, if you but that's do, for like travel specifically, right. you know, you, you right. run into taboos everywhere. You don't have to travel to run into taboo topics, right? I will say this though, Jared. I think taboo topics. It's important to be aware of them, but I think the mark of a true friend is someone who you can really talk about almost anything with. Sure. There like shouldn't be any I, taboo we, topics. Right. Like you and I, there's not really... Like obviously we don't get into like super TMI stuff with one another, but I feel like most topics we can talk about. You yeah, know? sure. Um, sure. And I think that's Do really you, the mark of a good friendship. Yeah. No, I agree know? with you. Yeah. Or a good relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you think um, the whether you should or should not wear a mask is a taboo topic? Good question. Um it shouldn't be. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it definitely shouldn't be. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a taboo topic. I think that the concern is the way people react if mm. you question them, if you criticize them. I mean, I remember I was in Popeye's a couple of weeks ago getting a, a delicious chicken sandwich. And there were these two, you know, looked like hillbillies with these big giant <laughs> beards that didn't have their masks on. These two dudes were ginormous. I mean, both of them were easily over 6'3". And easily over 220 pounds. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I didn't think it was worth the, uh, worth yeah. the, you know. Well, I'm with you. I, th- I mean, it's, I, it, it's like, well, I'm, you're only putting yourself at more of a risk by being even close to them and, and getting into a, a confrontation of, pu- of putting yourself in danger than if you just mind your business and get out of there as quickly as possible. But right. as I told you, I think last episode, like, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to telling people to, put it like to put either wear their mask properly or put it on you know right at the amount it's the nose one that really bothers me like mm-hmm. i'm less i'm less likely to interact with someone that doesn't have a mask at all it's like this person just doesn't give a shit then right. to I, i'm not I'm, i have no interest in telling them what to do but i feel like i'm getting very close to being like can you cover your nose um but uh I, there was a guy that came to um my my door a couple of weeks ago just soliciting something um, and and I, I cracked it mainly just so the cat wouldn't get out. But right. he, he was trying to like hand me something. And I'm like, bro, no, I don't even want it. I was like, you don't even have a mask on, dude. And right. I was like, and, I was, and in, in my head, I'm like, you're right now soliciting going door to door trying to promote a business, your business or whatever. And uh, and you don't even have a mask on. Like, once again, read the room, even if you don't give a shit about the mask. Don't you realize where you are in, in that most people in this area for are conforming <coughs> to the mask rule? And it's like, at least for your own business sake, uh, put the right. mask on, <laughs> you know? 
Right. It's just so weird. It's like, how, what kind of idiot would do that during a pandemic? Just go door to door without a mask on, knocking on people's door, at, hoping for, for them to answer. Yeah, yeah, you're it's, right. It's just, you're right. It's like, what? The, the last thing I'll say, Jared, about taboo topics is I think, not even I think, but we need to get to a point, and when I say we, I mean more so United States and American culture. We need to get to the point where we can have a dialogue, we can have a discourse around some of these taboo topics and keep it civil, learn how to actually have discussions about these topics so we can, number one, learn more about the topics and number two, learn more about how to uh, just be more civil with one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think it would be really, really useful um, and would hopefully then also make taboo topics um, a little bit less taboo and uh, and yeah. just you know we have well, a better why, understanding of it. that's why they're taboo because no one wants to talk about it you know right no, <laughs> no kidding scared for sure for sure well let us know your favorite taboo topics <laughs> at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com we want to hear them that would be really interesting to hear from that's for sure yeah uh, you can check us out on twitter untranslatable one the number one you can slide into our dms with some taboo topics there as well if you want you can check us out on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. And of course, check us out on YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast. And you can Spread find our song of the pod for this week, Get Up, Stand Up, by the uh, Playing for Change organization up there, uh, also Untranslatable Podcast. And please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, muchas gracias. Shisha and Dosvidanya. Training to be a, a a soccer announcer in in Spain, Jared. So I need to work on <laughs> my. Go That's how you get the job, Jared. You just have to. If you can, if you can keep that goal level for 15 seconds, then you're you're hired. Just, just imagine if you like work for some sort of broadcasting company in some Spanish-speaking country. And you were legitimately like hiring a new presenter, and you just had like 20, 20 people going in and out. You're like, all right, give me your best goal. Give me your best goal. <laughs> and you're you're sitting in the lobby, you just you're just waiting, and you just hear a whole bunch of other people. Right. <laughs> you like in your head, like, damn, that was like thirty seconds. Right. You're taking notes. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, this one didn't have a. You know, they didn't go from. Fortissimo to you know, what was that? The oh, that was, was lacking here. That was in Family Guy where where uh, it was Toucan Sam and he's like, follow your nose, follow your nose, and then uh, Brian was like, really, you're gonna you're gonna do it that way? That's how you're gonna. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god, man. that's funny. Yeah.